Hey, welcome to the And Grace Spills podcast. My name is Andrea Grace Fillmore, and I am on a mission to help you get your yay back. To do that, I'm sharing conversations that are thought-provoking, introspective, and fun. This podcast is sponsored by The Treasury, a women's membership club and co-working community. The Treasury is located on historic Film Row in downtown Oklahoma City and full of women who are pioneering new and exciting ways to work. I partner with the Treasury to host events and create connections where women can gather to learn from one another and have a good time doing it. For more info on the Treasury and all the upcoming events, visit thetreasury.org. Hello, I'm here with my friend Alexandria Russell, but she goes by Alex. I just like to say Alexandria every time I get the chance because it has Andrea in it. <laughs> so our friendship was meant to be, I think. Um, and also I want to give a shout out to her spouse. Hi, Brandon. What's up? You're not listening. Tell him I said hi. Will do. Yes. So we're going to talk about something really interesting today. And I think Alex is an expert or at least on her way to be an expert. Something that I am not an expert about. So what would you call the topic that we're discussing. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about self-care and uh, emotional well-being. And what does that look like in your day-to-day life? Wow, that's fancy. I'm ready to take care of myself. Um, And so your job right now, that is a huge part of what you do. Mm -hmm. So will you tell me like a little bit about also remind me of your official title because I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But um, Tell me what you do and what, like, what that entails. Absolutely. So uh, I'm currently the Assistant Director of Health Promotion at UCO, the University of Central Oklahoma. Um, I, so basically what that means is that I get to educate students how to be their best self. So uh, related to emotional well-being or overall well-being, suicide prevention, substance abuse prevention, as well as violence prevention. Uh, So the eight dimensions of wellness as well, which is what we'll talk about later. Um, Just helping students stay successful in college and throughout their lifetime. Uh, I'm also a mental health first aid trainer, facilitator on campus, and a certified personal trainer. So you also have a special assistant at your work. Oh, yes. yes. Can you tell us about him? Yes. So I forgot to mention that part. Um, I'm also a therapy dog handler. So Kevin the Great, G-R-E-Y-T, you can follow him on socials. But uh, he comes to work with me every day to therapize students. Uh, He's a retired racing greyhound, and he just loves coming to work. He's so chill. He's the best dog. I can't – Kevin – handles people much better than I do. (laughs) People are always around him. He's very patient, very sweet. And he has some cute outfits for all the holidays. Is that right? He's very spoiled. He's very good. A little, yeah, I would say yes. I think he deserves it. Yeah, he works hard. (laughs) He works hard for those bones. Yeah. Um, So how did you get into that as a job? Yeah. So initially I, well, I have my bachelor's and master's in social work and initially I worked in foster care and it was a lot to take in. And, and I thought to myself, you know, how can we prevent kids from being in foster care and thought about their parents? Um, so then I started working with the, uh, or a nonprofit in Oklahoma city 
who worked specifically with the Department of Corrections, people coming out of incarceration. And um, from there, I loved it, helping them reenter back into society. But from there, I decided I want to get my master's degree in social work. And as I was working on that, I ended up at the University of Central Oklahoma for my practicum. And I've been there ever since. Just uh, I enjoy working in the higher ed education, higher education um, field, and as well, just talking about prevention. So just, I don't know, having a conversation with people about how do you stay well? How do we prevent, um, I don't know, all mental health conditions? How do we prevent um, bias views of people who have uh, mental health conditions? So I just kind of fell into it, but I love it. So as this is kind of like a side note, but so you fell into it, but it was a process of like how many years before oh, you yeah. finally found that sweet spot? Like, well, yeah. So initially I thought I wanted to be a mental health counselor, a family and marriage therapist. But then once I did that for four months, I realized, well, you know, I, I want to talk to people before they get to that point of needing counseling. Right. Um, so I would say it's been since 2013. So... So yeah, yeah. Years. I don't know yeah. what year it is. I don't math. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. It's been a weird one. Okay. So it was a long journey. Yeah. what you're saying, yes. but you really love, I've heard you just say how much you love your job. It's Absolutely. like basically, basically your dream job. And I think it's important to like point that out. That mm-hmm. Like it was a process of several years and it was a process yes. of education. It was a process of self-discovery mm-hmm. and trying things and then learning they weren't right sure, yeah. and then trying again. Cause I think a lot of times people, including me, but we try to just say, Oh, what's the one thing I want to do? And then just mm-hmm. like bulldoze a path to that. And it's not that simple. And along the way, I think a lot of us realize that maybe we weren't really aiming at the right target. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I would even add that your lived experiences impact where you might end up. And I would say that's what happened to me. Um, Someone really close to me uh, had a suicide attempt. And I mean, at the time I didn't know how to help them besides show up and be there. And so after that incident, I just thought to myself, like, how can I be more supportive and inclusive and loving and um, and consider those challenges. How can I understand better to help someone who might struggle with suicide ideation? So, um, your lived experiences will impact, I mean, your awareness of self-care and emotional well-being as well. That's so good. I just, yeah, I just feel that's so important to like, again, 10 years ago, I was the bulldozing path. And then now I'm, I've matured. And like you said, life experience has really impacted the direction. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's for another podcast, (laughs) another day. Um, So explain to all of us, like, how mental health and wellness and well-being, how does that relate to your whole person? Absolutely. So if you... So, well, one tool that we use um, and I'm really passionate about is the eight dimensions of wellness. So uh, SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Services Administration, um, it's a resource anyone can use, um, but they've come up with a toolkit regarding eight dimensions of wellness. And that's things from emotional well-being, environmental, financial, intellectual, occupational, physical, um, as well as social. So 
when you're aware of the eight dimensions of wellness, you're able to say, okay, where am I ignoring wellness in my life? Uh, so for instance, if you're talking about occupational, do you enjoy your job? Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're challenged and fulfilled by the work that you do? So when you're, when you, when you're aware of those things, you're able to then reflect on those things and can take action if needed. That is fascinating. So it makes me think of like some other measurement tools in business that I've read where basically you're looking out on the horizon and what, what's the point that's falling low. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where you give the time and attention. And is that, is that true in that oh, eight dimensions? Sure. Oh, wellness? absolutely. I don't want to say it is and then not know. <laughs> no, no, I think you're, you're onto something because I mean, if you think about it, if you're not well in one area of your life that, I mean, that may influence your confidence, your ability to get out of bed, your ability to interact right. with humans. So just being aware of areas that you might not be doing so well in that might be impacting the other dimensions of wellness in your life. So uh, they're all interconnected. So like if I'm experiencing something, let's say I can't sleep, that could be tied to any number of things. It's not necessarily just physical, my physical well-being. So I mean, and obviously we all know that's a very simple example. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't sleep, it's usually stress or anxiety about something. But so it's, it's all connected. And I think like you're saying, looking at that weak spot, and just making kind of some repairs in that area, mm-hmm. identifying it. And it, I think it, from what you're saying, it sounds like it takes a lot of self-awareness to like pause and look out on the horizon and see, okay, what is the area that's actually not, what are the symptoms of what's happening, but like what is the actual area of my life that's causing or that has the issue that's causing the ripple across the board. Absolutely. I would say self-reflection and awareness and being willing to process through whichever dimension of wellness um, with a friend or even yourself, if you want to write it out or um, just get it on paper where you can visually see it, that can help you become more self-aware. But absolutely, I'd say self-reflection of where you're currently at, that's what's going to help you um, focus on that area and then be more successful within that area. Yeah. And I feel like as I've gotten older, and maybe you can speak to this as well. As I as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's imperative to my well being overall to to really slow down mm-hmm. because self reflection takes time and it takes a quiet mind and it takes space mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally and physically to to really assess that because sometimes when you make an assessment of yourself, you don't like what you find. Oh, <laughs> so sure. Absolutely. like it takes, do you find that to be true as well? Like you just have to really slow down. Mm-hmm. I would even add uh, embracing the Ooh, ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It can be really hard, but uh, yeah, just embracing the ugly in the midst or even the hard um, in the midst of the hard seasons, because whenever you are able to just think about Think about an emotion that um, might not be so lovely. Maybe it's anger. Um, If you think about what is triggering that anger and then you're able to identify what that trigger is, I mean, the next time it happens, you can say, okay, maybe next time I'm angry, I don't have to punch a wall. I don't know. That's your way of letting it go. It's a good place to start. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So just think about how you might be triggered um, and letting yourself choose your reaction or your response outside of just letting your emotions dictate you. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Good stuff. So in your opinion or in your expertise, 
what, how would you define, like, what does it mean to just not be okay? Like, what is it? Yeah, I would say that's my motto. Okay. So I've been telling students, both professionally and people in my personal life, like, it's okay to not be okay. Um, Like, life is hard. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes, I mean, it just stinks, you know? Um, So just being aware that, like, life is full of seasons. So I actually just listened to a podcast the other day that they were talking about, like, how seasons are needed and how nobody really, for the most part, statistically speaking, probably (laughs) enjoys the winter. But, like, what, like, why winter is so important and just Mm, embracing the, the, the season to, I don't know, reflect and sometimes go through the hard stuff. So just embracing that it's okay to not be okay. Um, and being willing to, I don't know, give grace to yourself. That is so big Mm -hmm. because I, especially, and you know, this about me, you know me well, but it's, that's my thing is like, I'll go through a major trauma and be like, I'll be fine. I'll pop back in a couple of weeks. And it's like a year of grief. And, and I'm like, I and I think one of the biggest markers that I've noticed in my own life in maturing emotionally was giving myself the space to not put an end date mm-hmm. on re like realigning where I'm going or mm-hmm. changing direction or experiencing grief or loss. Like it is, that for me felt like a win. And in the moment I knew that even if I stayed depressed for the rest of my life, it was a win because I gave myself that space Mm -hmm. to say, you're not going to put a window on this. Like you're going to really trudge through until you're Mm -hmm. through. And I just think that's like, you're saying it's so, it's so important. I think that we give ourselves the grace Mm -hmm. That we give it to others, but I think we're harder on ourselves, especially as women, just saying, oh, I just have to take care of everyone else, or I just have to sure. appear X, Y, Z. But yeah, that's, oof, that's it's, hard. It's a it's hard so one. so hard to do, yeah. But it's so good, too, because it's like, I don't know, if you think about where you were before that season yeah. or issue, mm-hmm. and then if you come out strong, when you come out strong... Uh, just the changes that you see in yourself, the growth that you see in yourself. Um, I'd say even the other aspect of that is like everyone has emotions. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just I'm really soft and sensitive. A lot of time, like my husband will tell you, I am so emotional. I will cry at anything. But I mean, even for those people who aren't wearing their emotions on their sleeves, like everyone has emotions, even the people who are strong, air quotes, strong, um, or men, for example, that's another thing like I like to talk about too, is like, we put pressure on men to not have emotions, but I right. mean, everyone has them, Right. but that's another podcast for another that's time, another right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Ooh, I feel like that sometimes. Again, another podcast for another day. Um, so how do you make, like, if I was going through a difficult time in my life, what would you tell me? What is it? How is this? How is a healthy way to make space? Mm. Like, practically, how do I make space for myself to not be okay sure. during that time? Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of already talked about the giving grace to yourself. Um, but I would say, like, intentional practice, like, 
a lot of times situations are, they are like, it is what it is mm-hmm. and you can't change it. So, which I hate. That's I the worst know, thing to me. I know. I want to do something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I want to act. <laughs> but sometimes it's just acknowledging that it is what it is. And, um, even if that means like writing down mantras and saying, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm going to make it through. I'm yeah. going to be okay. But again, going back to that grace, um, as well as not being afraid of the trauma, we, you know, we mentioned this a moment ago, but um, like a lot of times it's easier to be self-aware and grow when we embrace the trauma that we've had, the lived experiences that we had, we've had, um, and just being willing to process through them. So if that means buying a workbook, um, like I know one that I've recently done is grief recovery workbook. Um, and, or if, you know, you have really extensive trauma in your life, then being willing to reach out to a mental health professional, uh, a mental health counselor, uh, using your resources in that aspect. Um, and then of course, if you're going through a hard time in life, um, being willing to reach out to your support systems, um, just being aware that you do have people who love you and knowing that if, if you are someone who's struggling with suicide ideation, even like hopefully you hear this and, and know that the world needs you and the world loves you. Um, so just being willing to reach out to support and um, surrounding yourself with people who bring you joy in life. Yeah. And I, from my past, there was this time when I was in counseling and the lady who was who I was speaking with said, you know, what I want you to do, and it was like a physical practice that really impacted me. I still think about it sometimes in terms of my emotions, but she said, I want you to like not clean your house mm-hmm. for like a week. Like it's okay that give yourself permission to like leave your socks on the floor mm-hmm. and you know, don't put your bag away and leave the leave the dishes in the sink for 24 hours absolutely because that sense of unrest is something you need to learn to deal with yeah it's something emotionally that really translated for me into um things that it's helped me practically to get to that point where Mm -hmm. I was like you know it's okay I'm not in control and I hate it Mm -hmm. and I'm angry and I hate it and I'm depressed and I hate it, but I'm not going to be here forever. Right. And when you get to that point, it's much easier. It's like almost starting with the end in mind. Do you think like, I'm not going to be here forever. It's just how I feel today. And we all have bad days. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, I don't have to do today again. Today is the only day it will never repeat. So no matter how bad it was, I don't have to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of mindset helps me to power through the smaller time increments when Mm -hmm. everything feels really heavy, you know? Absolutely. I would even add that, uh, I mean, that takes a lot of pressure off of yourself, right? This expectation that, you know, a house has to be perfect or I have to act a certain way in front of a group of people or whatever it is that you may be putting on yourself that may be contributing to the depression or anxiety or stress. So absolutely. What are practical things like I could do that would help me when I'm working through grief, loss, just a case of the Mondays? Like, are there some practical, Mm -hmm. realistic things I can do to help me get through that? So there's research that shows that mindfulness actually helps brain your, I mean, your mental health, your brain health. Um, So 
even the concept of practicing mindfulness for five minutes a day can help decrease decrease stress and anxiety. Um, so it's as simple as breathing exercises or a body scan. Are you familiar with what a body scan is? No. Okay, so I only mean, a cat scan. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Andrea! I'm just saying. <laughs> oh it's man, not, what is it? I don't know. Help us, help us, okay, Alex. So yeah, so a body <laughs> scan is a quick mindfulness activity that you can do. So I'll quickly, I mean, lead you through a very quick one. But okay, let's so, do one. Let's do one right now. Okay, so doing one right now for okay, sure. So let's put your it. feet flat on the ground. Okay, put okay. your hands. Gonna, okay. Yes. In your lap and close your eyes. Okay. Yes. Close your eyes. Good job. My eyes are closed, everyone. You can't see. They are closed. They're closed. So basically, I want you to just start at at your toes, okay? Just think about your toes. Side note, if you're driving while listening to this, please don't do your body scan. Don't do your body scan. Pause it and finish later. Pull over. (laughs) Okay, continue. Okay, start on my toes. Think about your toes. Um, If there's any pressure in your toes, just release them. And so as we're we're starting at your toes, but we're going to work up your body. So just think about your ankles and your your knees. Any pressure, just release. And then you want to go up your, your chest, your shoulders, your hands, and your head. And your shoulders specifically, a lot of times we carry our stress there. Okay, so you've scanned your body. You're, you're um, releasing any stress that you have, but now I want you to tense up every muscle in your body. And now release everything. Just let it go. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's a simple body scan. Wow. How do you feel? Sleepy. <laughs> so no, I felt amazing. And, you know, sure, like <laughs> I was a, a, I'm not a mindfulness expert by any means, but um, it, a body scan it can be as simple as literally just paying attention to every aspect of your body, recognizing where you have tension, and then just letting it go. Um, so I feel good. Uh, right. Everyone should do that, but not while driving, not while driving. So, or even know. breathing exercises, another one, which I won't lead you in that, but, um, you can look up on YouTube, like five minute breathing exercises, yeah. stuff like that. I feel really good. <laughs> I think what you notice if you've ever done like meditation or the body scan I just did, it, it kind of makes you realize like, oh, I don't ever think about my own body. Right. <laughs> I'm always, it's so, you're so either mental or externally mm-hmm. focusing on things. It's like, oh, okay, think about, I've got some legs that I need to take care of. Then <laughs> yeah. my back, my shoulders is definitely where I carry my attention. Absolutely. Wow. Another thing you can do is like, as you're walking, just be present and notice the things around you. So sure, you know, we're stressed, we're depressed, we have anxiety, Um, all the emotions that we might be feeling because of all the pressure that we have on us. But if you take a moment to just be present in your day, maybe pay attention to your five senses. What are you seeing? What are you smelling? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? Um, Just being aware of what's going on around you, that can also help decrease stress Mm -hmm. um, just because you're taking in what's around you and right here and in the now. It's kind of like mentally grounding yourself. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm, I like, you guys can't see this, but I have this urge, like keep sitting up straight. Now that I did my body scan, I feel like I'm slouching. <laughs> I need to sit up and mind my manners or something. More, more aware now. <laughs> I'm more aware of my terrible posture. Um, so, and before we get off this topic and move on to the next questions, what 
would you say, like, how would you define mindfulness? Because it's one of those terms that people oh, toss yeah. around. And like, I just, how would you define it in the mental health world? Sure. Yeah. So um, I have learned some amazing mindfulness tips and uh, information from a dear friend of mine. His name is Jeff Jones. He's a, a mental health counselor here in the Oklahoma City area, but I'd say he's a mindfulness expert. But one of the things he's taught me is the importance of uh, be, again, being here and now being in the present with our thoughts. Um, but whenever you are practicing mindfulness, like it's not this thing that monks do over in the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like it's as simple as just being present and recognizing that mindfulness is not my mind is blank. It's mm. recognizing thoughts as they are and letting them pass. Yeah. So it it goes back to like mental health and being in like the, the dark alleys and having a a tough time in life, like just recognizing it is what it is and letting it go. Yeah. And I've heard, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what I've heard people describe meditation. It's like, it's, it's like observing traffic Mm -hmm. from a, from a tall mountain. You're just watching the thoughts are coming. You don't have to do anything with them because even when you're still in quiet, you're not, your mind doesn't shut off. It doesn't stop doing anything. Mm -hmm. You're just observing the things and then letting them go and just kind of being in the moment. And to me, from what you're saying and from my own experience, correct me, please, if I'm incorrect, but it feels like mindfulness is almost like awareness of the moment. It's, It's just like, okay, coming back down to zero and like centering yourself to like, Mm -hmm. what is happening? How are you feeling? And I think, it's important when I do it, it makes a definite difference, like in how I feel. And one of the things that I do, if I'm feeling stressed in the day, there's take, I try to do this. I'm not great at it, but in the work day or whatever, I'll just take 30 seconds and just breathe mm-hmm. or just go on a walk around the building or something to get me out of that mindset of feeling like everything's suffocating me. Cause it's not. Like the truth is like work will get done, work is work, but in the moment it's easier to kind of, I guess, reset Mm -hmm. and allow, once that wave of stress hits, then you perform your mindfulness activities, you breathe, you do whatever, and it kind of allows you to um, categorize things where they need to go Mm -hmm. instead of just being a wash of stress and emotion and Helps you more clearly, I guess. Absolutely, because we also Focus. get into the um, the like we're very driven, right? Activity driven, so it also helps yes. you get back to the. I mean, yourself, right? Reconnecting with yourself. Yeah. Um, so I love it. Keep doing it. Thanks, girl. I'm just gonna start calling you now. Right now, I won't do that. If <laughs> you have a full time job, ready, ready for a body scan, Alex? <laughs> Walk me through a body scan. <laughs> you can just say, "Hey, it's on the podcast. Go listen." Yeah, I got it. Right. Wow, this is all like I love the practical and like the whole the whole uh basis of this podcast is really helping people get their yay back. And I think again, neglecting ourselves is such a part of the American dream because mm-hmm. we want to be happy, happy, healthy and wealthy and we'll do whatever it takes, but usually we sacrifice ourselves the most. And so I think it's just a super important thing that we all take for granted. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful to have you as a friend to correct me 
because you do, mm-hmm. even when I don't ask. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do for real. Um, well, another, I was going to mention this too. Another practical thing someone can do is going back to support systems. Like um, we like, as humans, we like to feel connected, right? Uh, so knowing who your support systems are. Um, so think about your friends who you have in your life, the people that if you're not okay, that you can call and say, Hey, I'm not okay. And they're there for you. Um, so I'm not talking about like, there's this expectation that they air quotes, uh, counsel you, but just there to listen. Right. Right. Um, but also sometimes we don't want to talk. So think about those people in your life who you can call and say, or not even say, I'm not okay. Just call and say, Hey, let's do something. Um, yeah. So recognizing that, I mean, you have different levels of friendships in your life and what do you need in that moment? So again, it goes back to self-reflection. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Do you want to talk about what's going on? Or do you want to sit and cry while a friend sits with you? Yeah. Or do you just want to go do something and take your mind off of it? So yeah. being aware of your support systems is a really huge thing that can help you in your mental health as well. Girl, yes. Mm. So I remember this, and this is kind of funny, kind of not. And I want you to speak into this. So I'm going to end with a question here. But I remember there was a season of life where I was just really having a hard time. I was struggling. I was not. I kind of reached out for help, but didn't really get much of a response. But there was one friend who at the time was like, hey, let's hang out. And I was like, no, like I hate everyone. I don't want to do anything. But she was like, yeah, let's go do this X, Y, Z. And I went because I knew in my mind, like, okay, I know it's the best thing for me to hang out. And we laugh about it now because I was miserable the whole Mm. time and I made her day miserable, but she sat with me through it and we still ordered pizza and we still had a cookie and we, and we sat on this rooftop and I just, I think back to that and it was so important for me at the time to have somebody that's like, yeah, come on, let's go, let's mm, go, let's go, yeah. let's go. When I didn't have a great time, but it was important for me to get out of just wallowing. Mm, yeah. So my question after that funny story, it's maybe not funny to anyone listening, but to me, I was talking to her about it the other day and I was like, hey, thanks for just dragging me out of my house. Also, I'm sorry I was terrible <laughs> the <No>. entire day. <laughs> but like – um. What would you say about reaching out to people when they're in a hard time? How do you, when when they, especially when they say, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't want anybody around. I don't want. First and foremost, I would say it's important to know your friends. Um, So what are their needs? So for instance, if you know that they're um, an introvert or an extrovert, just being willing to reflect on what their needs might be. A lot of times, um, we might assume that if I feel loved a certain way, our friends might feel loved that way. So for instance, if we're talking about mm, the five love languages, um, I'm a words of affirmationer. Uh, let's say that yours is, um, receiving gifts. So if I'm assuming that, um, you want to have words of affirmation given to you to feel loved, but I mean, that does nothing for you because you prefer gifts. Right. Um, like you're not going to feel loved in that moment. Right. So, mm-hmm. so as, before assuming asking what your friend might need, um, also recognizing that uh, sometimes we just need a friend in our life who is willing to just sit with us and be with us. Um, and so, uh, ask yourself, what does my friend need in that moment? Um, yeah. Is that 
someone to just sit with them? Is that someone who, like you said, like takes them somewhere to do something and not talk about it? Um, And I mean, it's as simple as literally just asking them. Yeah. And I think it's important to not assume that, oh, well, they said no. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let it go. Or they said, and to your point, it all goes back to building that relationship. And if I've done the work on the front end to know my friends well, to let them know me well, Mm. and to really invest over friendship over a long period of time, it's not going to do any good to just say, oh, yes or no, or X, Y, Z. It's like, it takes time to get to the point of trust and vulnerability and intimacy. And that's something you can't fake. You can't just text your way or be fake. I would not call a Facebook friend to be like, I'm really down today. Let's yeah. go to the Hall's Pizza Kitchen. That took somebody that was actively involved in my life. Oh, and sure. there's a big difference between people who are quote unquote friends and people who are actually real life friends and have that oh, level yeah. of intimacy. Sure. And that's another thing um, we I teach on as well is like the importance of healthy relationships that includes like reciprocated interactions, not just take, take, take. Um, and I mean, that's another self care, another self care boundary. Um, like bound, like just recognizing those yeah. people in your life. And I mean, it is what it is. You know, some people may not realize it, but, um, are those the type of people who are constantly taking from you that you need to be around while you're in the midst of being in a not so great place or yeah. um, a friendship that's more recipro- reciprocal? Man, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And again, it just goes back to self-awareness and boundaries and like all those fun self-care Fun words. topics. I Yay! love them. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some things that we should stop doing when we're trying to help other people who are going through difficult situations? Yeah. So I would say avoid comparing or one upping with, with, I mean, whenever you're interacting with people. So a lot of times it comes from a, like, well intentions, like you're trying to connect with them and, and maybe even let them know that maybe you've experienced something similar, but a lot of times to the person who's experiencing the pain, uh, it's always it, a bad idea. Yeah. It just sounds <laughs> like you're making the situation about you when it's actually yeah. about your friend. Um, so just being aware that sharing that your great aunt Linda had a situation similar. I mean, that's not going to necessarily help the friend. Um, the best thing that you can do in that moment is to just be there, be willing to listen, yeah. just, just be. Um, I think to people that are in grief and in depression and in hard and difficult places in life. They, they're not focused on you trying to fix it. They're focused on what they're feeling Mm -hmm. and what they're trying to work through. So even if it's awkward for you to just show up at their house and cook them a meal and sit next to them while no one says anything, it's not awkward for them Mm. because they are really in a place where they need help. And, you know, I read this story on the internet once about this girl who posted on, uh, uh, I don't actually know she posted the story, but this was in real life. So her friend knew she had just moved into a house. She had just gone through a divorce and she just had nothing left to give. She was worn out, depressed, overwhelmed, trying to restart her life. And her friends just said, Hey, we're showing up at five. And she was like, no, don't come over. 
and he brought like six people and they unpacked her boxes Aww. and they cooked dinner and they hung pictures and it was all the practical life stuff that she didn't have the, the energy to do. And she said, I, I told them, no, they showed up anyway because they had that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, I'll never forget that day. As long as I live, it helped me more than somebody sitting next to me trying to tell me how. Absolutely. You know, What's the need there, the, you know? Right. It's for, yeah. And I think faithfulness goes a long way. Just mm. sticking it out with somebody and saying, Hey, you're not a lot of fun to be around right now, but we're well, going to go gonna love you pizza. through it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm talking a lot about pizza today. Maybe there's something like subconscious <laughs> going on. Pizza. I got some in the fridge. That's funny. Wow. So anything else? What else do you think that we should stop doing? Uh, stop minimizing what someone's going through. And, and that might be through common phrases that we oh, no. all hear often, oh, no. such as, These are gonna be bad. Uh, I know, right? Everything happens for a reason or, my least favorite or tomorrow will be better. Mm. Um, or my all-time anti-favorite is you'll never be given no. what you can't handle. So, yes. So, it's not funny, but. Oh. But, I mean, these phrases are thrown around. And, again, like, there's good intentions behind them because a lot of times people don't know what to say. They just roll so, off the tongue, too, yes. Alex. It makes so, it so easy. <laughs> before you let that, one of those phrases roll off your tongue next time, just pause and ask yourself, what is the intention behind saying what I'm about to say? And if it's not to the benefit of the other person, just don't say it. <laughs> or would I want someone to say this to me? Yeah. Because does, in, in those mm. situations when, again, I, from personal experience, I had this period of life that was very hard and I was doing everything I knew. And this girl who I didn't know and didn't know me, didn't know my situation. We had met, we were in this leadership thing together and she just goes, God just has really big plans for you. And I was like, that doesn't make me feel good right now because hmm. I don't know you. Yeah. Don't tell me what's coming or what the future is because I don't know if I will make it to tomorrow. Yeah. And I think just, ugh, that's real. Yeah. It was gross. And it happens all the time. Pro that's tip. Crazy. Alex's pro tip. <laughs> if it can be printed on a coffee mug, it's not good to say someone in grief. Just don't. <laughs> don't do it. Just listen. That's just your best bet. Listen. Endure the awkward mm-hmm. and just listen. Yeah. I would also add we can stop. We should stop uh, stigmatizing mental health. That's another yes. um, thing I'm super passionate about is, like, again, going back to everyone has emotions. It's okay to not be okay. Right. If we could just treat mental health the same way we treat physical health, then we would have such a healthier world. You know yeah. that? So it's like um, if you break your your finger, like you're not going to wait until your whole arm or body is broken yeah. to go see a doctor. Yeah. So why do we do that with our mental health? You know, girl, I'm telling you, I had my, I had a job several years ago. And it was very stressful. I ended up quitting because it was so stressful, but I would frequently take, use a sick day and just not be physically sick, but I was like, for my mental, mental health, health day, mental yes. health day, it was a real thing. And I kind of started it as a joke, but then I thought, this is real. Otherwise, I'm going to be an angry woman. That, you know what? It's funny is actually this summer, I've decided to start taking mental health days. And I've told my team that I encourage them to do the same. So That's awesome. I'm telling you, like, again, mental health is the same thing as physical health, brain yeah. health, you know? Same, I think it's same a healthy practice. Concept. So Absolutely. what would you say along the lines of mental health days, et cetera, 
for someone like me, who's an absolute workaholic and mm-hmm. work is fun. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I know how to relax is to work on something else. Mm-hmm. Like how would you encourage a mental health day for me? Oh, that's a great question. Thank so, you. I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> let me um, first, let's talk about self-care for a second. So let me tell you what self-care is not. Okay? Oh, I can't wait. So self-care is let not. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yes, go for it. Self-care is not chocolate. Oh my gosh, you've heard me talk about this. Self-care before. is not a bubble bath or pedicure. Or a pedicure. So, <laughs> I think we talked about this before. We have, yes. Um, absolutely. So a lot of times whenever we talk about self-care, you see those memes being shared. It's like a person in a bubble bath. But self-care is actually self-care. It's like the new hashtag. Yes, Hi. but but on a real note, like what a mental health day is legit self-care. So sure, you know, chocolate which I love chocolate. So chocolate, pedicure. Yes, of course. But it's also, again, reflection, putting boundaries where there needs to be boundaries. Um, just doing what fills you up. So I'm actually going to use this analogy that I've learned from my amazing boss. Her name is Julia. Um, she has this marble jar analogy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And basically just think of yourself as a marble jar. Okay. So as you're interacting with people, or doing things throughout your day, you're having uh, marbles taken out of your jar. So maybe you're stuck in traffic. That's probably about 20 marbles out of my jar. Um, <laughs> let's say when your AC's not working. I know. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, um, or you're interacting with a client who isn't very happy with some services they received. Yeah. That's a few marbles taken out of your it's jar. A handful or so, two. So yeah. And so by the end of the day, maybe you only have want zero. You've lost your marbles. You've lost every mar. literally (laughs) lost your marbles. Um, and let's say you have people that you are going to interact with once you get home, whether that's a family or friends, you're going out to eat you, if you just yourself or just yourself, (laughs) if if you have no marbles left in your jar by the end of the day, then how are you going to continue to be interacting with those around you? So like and sleep isn't the fix all for all of the marbles. No, for some maybe, but not necessarily um, for all the marbles. But basically, so you need to ask yourself, what can you do to fill your marble jar back up? Yeah. So what brings you joy? So I'm asking you now, Andrea, what are your marbles? What brings you joy in life? Nachos. Okay, so maybe if you've had a really tough day, you nachos. go have some nachos. <laughs> yeah, we had nachos That's yesterday. so real. Oh. Yeah, and I, I think... What has helped me in my own perspective and perception of self-care is changing that because self-care, I think, has become coping mechanism Mm. and we use a fancy title to make an excuse for ourselves to be like, oh, I need to have some ice cream, self-care day, hashtag (laughs) last, what? And that's what we do when really self-care for me, it has become this one question I ask myself. So in a moment where I'm like, okay, have some free time or I'm feeling stressed or whatever the situation is, what is life giving to me in this moment? Mm -hmm. Because it's different from moment to moment. Some days it's really good for me to read a book and unplug. Some days I feel like I'm angry and I should go to the gym. Mm, Yeah. Some days I need to just clean up around the house and change my surroundings and tidy the environment Mm -hmm. because even things that are work can be self-care. They're not always, but like taking care of myself and my environment, those are important to how I feel about my house, how I feel about my workspace. And so that question for me has changed a lot about how I interpret Mm self-care. And I 
somewhat intentional about asking. That's, like, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's helped me a lot to make it more practical as opposed to like self care pedis, yes. $40. Hey, like, and that's not realistic. You can't just get a pedicure every time you get stressed. Sure. Out. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, yes. So it may change daily. It may change weekly, but I would even say, consider your non-negotiables each day. So for me, that is lifting weights. You're doing some kind of physical activity for at least 30 minutes because oh, yeah, it brings good. me joy. And a lot of times whenever we're in the midst of a crazy, wild, busy season, uh, the first thing we give up are those things that yeah. are non-negotiables. Oh, yes. So one thing I've recently learned is like setting, because I mean, if you're setting an appointment with someone, you're not just going to not show up because you're busy, right? Right. If you're with another person, I mean, likely you're going to show up. Sure. So having that same mentality, whenever you're talking about, um, when you're talking about doing self-care activities for yourself. So for me, I literally at least try to wake up every morning um, or at least go in the evening to do my self-care activity for the day because that puts a heck of a lot of marbles back into my jar. Right. So being willing to stick to that appointment with yourself, um, and if that means putting it in your calendar each day or doing whatever it takes to make sure you're you're doing the activity that brings you the most joy. That is really good advice. Mm. I need to do that in my calendar and then stick to it. I think for me, and probably a lot of people, it's – I put myself last, but I'm the first to suffer. You know, that is hard. And we teach on that too, is like, you cannot help others if your cup is literally empty. I know. And I've heard, I've and heard it's it not like, selfish, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to live from a place of self-care instead of recovering all the time. Yes. And you hear that. And I, I'm a proponent of that. I love it, but I don't do it like mm -hmm. I should. But um, I've heard it described like, you know, when you go on a, an airplane and they're like, put the mask over yourself before helping your child. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing with like, if I cannot con care for myself, I am never going to be able to fully give myself to others. And I think from what I've experienced in conversations with a lot of women, I mean, that is just something we struggle with yeah. a lot because I think especially for people that have that nurturing streak, men or women, it's like you want to care for other people. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice of like, how do I, besides scheduling in my calendar, like how, how can I care for myself practically and make myself a priority? Or what is it that I need to remind myself of? How can I, what is that phrase or what is that exercise? What does that look like? Um, we've talked about this so many times and I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but it's like, being intentional again, like with yourself, being willing to say and choose yourself, yeah, being yeah. willing to say, I'm worth it. Like I, like in order to give my kids my best or my partner, my best or my boss, my best, whoever it is, I have to be willing right. to consider myself and my needs. Um, that's something actually I had to do this last, um, semester. I was teaching a class and I loved being an adjunct faculty member. Um, at UCO, but I recognized that it was pouring into my, um, my personal life and my self-care time. And so I've had to say no to that opportunity for next year. Um, and it's just, it wasn't easy. Right. I, right. I me being an A, I loved new, you know, new yeah. opportunities and saying yes, taking saying, the lead. Yes. And I, I setting the charge. <laughs> yes. And I loved it. But at the same time, like, I feel like I, I am really good at saying no to things when needed. Um, so as, as, hard as it initially may be, I will tell you it's worth it 
in the end, whenever you do have that time. Yeah. Um, and again, like recognizing that there may be listeners with children. Um, I mean, I get that you have busy schedules and I mean, we all do. Right. But at the same time, it's like choosing yourself because you can't give your best when you're not choosing yourself, even if it's just for five minutes a day for a mindfulness activity, or, right? you know, so. Or a body scan. Or a body scan. They're good for you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so good. I think it's something that I constantly need to be reminded about is just, I know that I have a high capacity personally and I can take on a lot, but. I'm choosing to scale back and say no so I can say yes to the right things Mm -hmm. and say yes to me. And even like in June, July, I've been reviewing like what are my goals for the year? And I've been saying no to myself and yes to other people doing really cool stuff and really exploring Oklahoma City and just doing all these fun things. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of tired Yeah, and I'm not getting to put my time into my passions. And so I have to say no in order to say yes. And that's just something I think I need to constantly be reminded of. Probably most humans need to be reminded mm-hmm. of because I, I think we glorify like busy. Yes, just, we do. It's, it's, you know, and I'm trying personally to just when people are like, Hey, how are you? Like busy is the first response that mm-hmm. we all say. And I'm trying to cultivate a better response to that to like, Hey, I'm doing really great. I'm learning a lot. The season is stretching me, whatever X, Y, Z Yeah. to be more intentional about, okay. Yeah. Everyone's busy. We all are. It's life. It's who we are. It's America, but like true story, but like, you know, mindfulness, intentionality, Mm -hmm. moving slower. And, and I think for me, especially as I get older, I am slowing down, which I don't like because it feels like I'm weakening, but the truth is I'm just really learning what my priorities are. Dang, that's good. And I'm really focusing my energy. So it's like, instead of being a really powerful shotgun, like I can do four nights a week in the community and at work and just do all these things. I can do that and be fine. Mm -hmm. But what happens if I focus all of that in and become have that laser like focus where man, I can cut through anything in this one area. Like it makes me more valuable at work. It makes me more yeah. valuable to myself. It adds mm-hmm. value to people around me. It's just a better gig all around, I think. And I'm trying real hard. You're doing awesome. Thanks, Carly. <laughs> okay, Alex, we've talked so much and I'm learning a lot mostly that I still have much to do (laughs) with my own self-care it's all a process and uh and growth but if there's any final thoughts what are your final thoughts for us today yeah so I mean I would just encourage everyone to again just treat mental health as you would physical health Um, And just be willing to embrace the process and recognize that sometimes life sucks and that's okay. Um, If you know yourself and who your supports are, you'll be just fine. Um, Just knowing that, I mean, there's an end, you have people around you. Um, Also, like considering like language that we use, going back to um, being or destigmatizing mental health um, when we're talking about person-centered first language. So like if we're talking about someone who is struggling with something like let's say addiction to alcohol, for instance, Mm -hmm. instead of saying something like that, the addict or the person is an addict, like using language that would help someone 
um, run towards recovery or healing. So for instance, mm, saying yeah. a person challenged by addiction, oh, um, yeah. you know, so instead of using language that might define someone as their addiction or, or mental health them, yeah. illness, yeah. Using language that encourages healing and, and like you mentioned, defeating that illness. Um, and then lastly, I would just challenge everyone to look up the eight dimensions of wellness and consider which dimension of wellness uh, you might be ignoring. Um, and it's really easy. I've done this so many times where I look at the eight dimensions of wellness and I'm like, oh my goodness, I am failing. There, 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 there. I need to work on all these right now so I wow, like, can be yeah. my best self. But that's not realistic. And that's, I mean, you're going to get nowhere. So just focus on one dimension of wellness. Um, there are lots of activities out there, like just Google eight dimensions of wellness activity. And there are assessments that you can take if you can't identify one that you're lacking in most um, and just figure out where you might be ignoring the most and just be willing to say, okay, how can I be my best self within this realm? I'm doing fine with wow. physical fitness. How can I focus on intellectual or financial, for instance? For the record, I'm not doing good with physical fitness. <laughs> you have been doing so. I'm good. doing okay. I'm doing. You've been going to I'm, the gym. I'm doing okay. Not good. I don't. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So eight dimensions of wellness. Yes. I definitely will look it up. I'm going to nerd out on it later because mm, I love it. random information and that is actually helpful information. So thanks for coming and chatting with mm -hmm. me. Um, anything else you want to leave us with before we do the fun rapid fire question? Yeah. So I guess if you want some more information regarding anything I've talked about, again, you can look up SAMHSA's eight dimension of wellness. Um, the Jed foundation is a really great resource as well as we already mentioned, seize the awkward.org. And then if you are a person who is struggling with uh, suicide ideation of, uh, then know that there are resources out there for you at the suicide prevention lifeline. Um, know that you are loved and that, uh, the world needs you. So, wow. Yeah. So good. I feel like a new person. I think it was the body scan. <laughs> Everybody do the body scan. It's so relaxing. Mindfulness is the yeah. best. Mindfulness is the key. What was the awkward thing again? Seize the Seize awkward. Seize the awkward. Yes. That is a motto I can get behind. I'm telling you, there's so many good videos that come up. Oh man, that's awesome. You're ready for some rapid fire fun questions? Oh goodness, yes. You're not ready. I don't think so. Okay, what was the best purchase you've recently made under one hundred dollars? Under one hundred dollars. Oh my goodness. Oh, you said rapid fire. Oh, what have I purchased lately? Uh, well, I just bought a Peruvian cookbook. Oh, we just got back from. Was that the best one? I mean, they have some delicious recipes in it. So I was going to say the macarons we had yesterday, but those. Well, oh yeah, way under hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> FYI, they're delicious. Um, okay, what's a podcast or a few that you listen to and enjoy besides this one? Obviously. Oh my goodness, yeah. So obviously, Crime Junkie. That Ooh. is my favorite podcast. But um, Body Kindness is actually a really good podca podcast by Rebecca Scritchfield. Um, just talking about our mindset towards food and um, and the way we view ourselves. So that's a really good one. So in the eight dimensions of wellness, if mine was physical, I should listen to that podcast. Oh, for sure. For Especially sure. if you have any struggles with like food and and body image. My struggle is that I love it too much. Insane girl. Oh, yeah. I just really like to experience food in my entire being. <laughs> love food. <laughs> that's, that's real. That's real. Um, what was the last book you finished? 
finished. Yeah, finished is the keyword. I always start books and I never finish. Oh them. no! I know. Uh, the last book I finished. Oh, can I just tell you one that I'm currently reading? I guess. Because I, I don't remember. Um, I just started reading. It's like from the early 1900s, but it's so good. Uh, how to win friends and, and influence, influence people, people by yes. Dale Carnegie. It's like one of the uh, ultimates of all time. I, know, I my, think I have a copy in here somewhere. My uh, husband's reading it and he said, you know, you'd love this book. So I'm Is it working? That. Am I winning friends and influencing people? Let us know in the comments yes. on the podcast. That's hilarious. I don't know. Making a podcast is not one of his ways. <laughs> and then I can't hurt though, right? <laughs> I don't think they had podcasts in the 1930s. Maybe they did. It was called radio. <laughs> <laughs> podcast is just radio on end. Okay, and what was the best meal you've eaten this week? And I won't be offended if you don't say it was the nachos I made. Honestly, I think it was your nachos yesterday. Yeah, buddy. They were amazing. I'm going to send the bar pretty high. Everybody else that's on the show is going to want to nachos I'm they expect you, me to cook for Andrea's them. nachos shop word Oklahoma City next food truck coming at you you know here's a good idea I don't know if I should share it because I'm, somebody might steal it but let's be real I'm not going to do it I think somebody should open a nacho stand and do like nachos based on color and I don't I haven't thought this all the way through <laughs> but like blue tortilla chips with black beans what, you know Ooh, what I'm saying yeah Red tortilla chips with a red. I would salsa. just like. Can I get a rainbow with everything on it? Yeah, you could do a rainbow. It's a great idea. I, I have it. a lot of thoughts and feelings about nachos, though. Yeah, legit. I do for real. All right. Well, thank you, Alex, again for coming out. Is there anything else you want to plug your Instagram or anything like that? I or? mean, like I mentioned, Kevin the Great. Kevin you can follow great. him. G R E Y T. Um, and then, I mean, anyone's welcome to follow me on Instagram. What's your handle, boo? Um, it's Mrs. Alex Russell. No two L's. Yes, two S's, two L's. Wow. And just here's a fun fact. Brandon and Alex, we call them Bralix. Mm-hmm, true. It's a fun thing. But you know what I thought of the other day? I was typing this up and I was like, you know, if it was just Brandon, you could call him Brussel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. No, right? Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Are you ready? Ready. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> well, I already started. So. <laughs> Great.